Hey y'all, this is the Christ Center Conversations Podcast, and I'm Shelby Stanfill. And I'm Kevin Stanfill. Each week, we come together and discuss the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy listening to this week's episode. Welcome to episode 28 of our Book of Mormon podcast. Yeah. This one's a special one because we're live on Facebook, and so you might hear us during the podcast um, address our live listeners, but we are still going to be um, doing our podcast like we normally would. So we're excited, and happy Easter. Yeah, it's also special because it's Easter. Yeah. It's Easter Sunday. It's exciting. Well, where do we want to start? I think we should just start by diving in, right? Yes. As, as we normally do. Um, we do want to tell our live listeners, though, and also um, people who are listening in the future to this recording, um, if you have anything to add live right now, you can add it on the chat and we can see it pop up. Um, and then we'll go ahead and address it that way. Um, so if you have any thoughts or questions, go ahead and do that. And we will be reading them and we'll get to them. And then I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. We just wanted to say that at the beginning. Um, hi, Kirsten on Instagram. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and start with chapter three, um, which we're really excited because there's a lot. We did a really in-depth study and we're excited to talk about this chapter. <laughs> yeah. I guess to, to catch people up from last episode. So we are in second Nephi chapter three. Um, and in, our la- in the last chapter, Lehi was speaking to his son, Jacob, and also to all of his family. And he, he talked about the plan of salvation. He talked about agency and how we are free to choose, mm-hmm. um, specifically freedom to choose liberty and eternal life or captivity. And we obviously know which one we want to choose. Um, and so, and again, this is Lehi talking to his posterity, his, his children, and then their spouses and their children. Um, and this is, you know, we, we know that it's before he passes away, but he also knows like this is the end of his life. He wants to tell his posterity those things that he really wants them to know that he knows is true. And so in this chapter, he's talking to his youngest son, Joseph. Yeah. And he, I thought it was interesting right away. Um, it says, I speak unto you, Joseph, my last born. Um, and it talks about, well, let me, let me back up. So Joseph, his name means a lot, right? And both Kevin and I, before this podcast, we, um, we didn't. We needed to refresh our memory of Joseph, and so we're really going to get into that and who Joseph is and what that means. But we just want to establish that he's talking to Joseph, and the name Joseph has a very, it has a meaning behind it and a reason for it, and why why it's so important. And so, in verse five, it says, "Wherefore Joseph truly saw our day, and he obtained a promise of the Lord." that out of the fruit of his loins, the Lord God would raise up a righteous branch into the house of Israel. I thought that was pretty cool. So 
Kevin asked me earlier when we were preparing for this podcast, he said, what, um, why is it so important that Joseph saw our day? So just to back up, I want to make sure that um, listeners know, because we're, so Joseph is the name of Lehi's youngest son, Mm -hmm. but this Joseph that they're referring to now is Joseph of Egypt. Yes. So I don't think we addressed that yet. Um, So yeah, he's. Lehi's talking about their ancestor, Joseph, Joseph of Egypt, um, which we learn about in Genesis. Yes. Thank um, you for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in verse five is what you quoted from. Um, and yeah, I, I asked Shelby, like, why was this, why was this added in the Book of Mormon record? Why was it important that young Joseph Lehi's son know about his ancestor named Joseph. And why was it, yeah, why was it important to be added into the record? Yeah. I I immediately, when I answered the question earlier this week, I said, well, because he needs to know about his posterity in order to understand his purpose. And we've talked about that before on this podcast. Um, but I think understanding where you come from really helps you. You have to understand your past, I believe, to understand your future and to move forward and to see what more can come from it. And so I think that's part of the reason. I know that's not the only reason, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so. Let's go ahead to verse six and seven. Yeah, something that's also interesting, you know, there's so many things to talk about with this chapter and the way it's it's laid out, mm. um, which can kind of make it a little bit confusing, too, because we obviously have two people named Joseph being referred to. Um, and then we also have a lot of quotations. So in verse six, it says, for Joseph truly testified, this being Joseph of Egypt. And then it goes on to say, thus saith the Lord unto me. And this is also the Lord speaking to Joseph of Egypt. Right. But all of this is being told by Lehi to his son, Joseph. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm We're just, I really want to make sure that we don't lose anybody because really the simpleness of these things is is lost sometimes when we we don't remember who's speaking and um, who they're speaking about. Right. Um, so yeah, in verse six, um, Joseph truly testified, saying, "A seer shall the Lord my God raise up, who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins." Now, this is something that gets repeated over and over and over throughout this chapter, the fruit of my loins and the fruit of thy loins. And that's, that's the posterity, right? Mm -hmm. But it's talking about different people's posterity, um, which really is all from Joseph because Lehi is a descendant of Joseph. Mm -hmm. Um, And this seer who will be raised up, um, he speaks of two different seers. He speaks of Moses and he also talks about Joseph Smith in the latter days. Um, in verse seven, there's a, well, do you want to share what you 
found in verse 7? Yeah. So when I was studying this, um, I wanted to understand more about Joseph of Egypt in the Bible. Um, and I wanted to understand how that connected in here in 2 Nephi 3. And so I linked um, Genesis 49, 22, and it says, Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well, whose branches run over the wall. And this is in the context of explaining uh, blessing. I believe he was blessing um, his children at this point. And so this is a blessing that he gave them, which I thought was a beautiful uh, promise. And then I also linked one more verse about Joseph and of Egypt. And it said, the blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors and to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. And they shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. And so that's just another little blessing um, upon Joseph of Egypt. And we learn, uh, Kevin mentioned this last night, that we learn a little bit more about um, Joseph from Lehi talking here in these That's right. verses. We get some more additional knowledge that we didn't necessarily have. So I think that was pretty cool. And I just wanted to share those little links over to the Bible, um, which really show how the two run together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is actually something that we learn about later on in verse 12, but we'll get there soon enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, just to just to like really hammer home on this, this idea of um, Joseph's posterity, the, the fruit of his loins, and how the blessings that the Lord made to him, the covenants that he made with Joseph, they affect everyone. Mm -hmm. They affect everyone along his line. Um, and I think that's important for young Joseph, Lehi's son, to mm -hmm. know now. Because the same promises the Lord makes with him and makes made with Lehi, mm -hmm. they also affect Joseph's children in the Americas, right? right. In the in this new world that they're in. Right. And 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 to liken that to our day, it's kind of uh like our ancestors when the restoration began. Um, they all their tr their blessings that they receive and the trials that they went through are now affecting us today and still bless us. And so I think that's something that's that we can liken to ourselves today is we can look back at our, what is the word? Progenitors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we can see what they did for us and how they're affecting us today. And we still will receive the blessings even testified that were given to Abraham. So anyway, it's pretty cool. So verse nine, we go into verse nine and, and this is um, the Lord speaking to Joseph of Egypt again and saying, um, r regarding this seer, this choice seer in the latter days, he'll be like unto Moses who um, delivers the people or the house of Israel out of Egypt. And um, <laughs> you know, there's just, there's a lot going on all over. So do you want to help me kind of navigate yeah, there's also a lot going on in front of there's us. There's a so lot we're going on in front to of us. Just to it. Um, so in verse 12, I think we've talked enough about Joseph and his his posterity and his line at this point. 
I want to talk about verse 12 now and the fruit, what it means by the fruit of the loins um, of Judah, and then also the fruit of the loins of uh, where'd it go? Well, this in verse 12, we're actually learning about this, this kind of, um, of yeah, you're thinking, (laughs) you're thinking of Ezekiel, but we learn about what's referred to as the, the stick of Judah and the stick of Joseph. Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of a, it's a biblical reference. Um, it goes into Ezekiel 37 verses 16 and 17. And it's, it's used as symbolism where there's one stick and right upon it, Judah and on this other stick, Joseph, Mm -hmm. and then they'll come and work together and sticks refer to the kind of the, the rod which holds a scroll together. Mm. Right. So in, in ancient times, they wouldn't necessarily have a bound book. They might have a, um, a kind of parchment that's rolled around a, a rod or a stick. And so one has the scriptures written by Judah or the Jews, and then one by Joseph, right. which is actually Lehi's posterity. And everything that we've read thus far in the Book of Mormon, the things that we will yet read in the Book of Mormon. And in verse 12, at the end of it, it, it says the purpose of them coming together. Um, those two sticks coming together, it says they shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrines, excuse me, laying down of contentions, establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins, bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers in the latter days, and also to the knowledge of my covenants, saith the Lord. So I believe that, sorry, we got a Facebook notification that these two that's right there when people ask well why is the bible and the book of mormon go together this is a perfect verse to come reference to um is verse 12 and i just love that because we can find things in the bible and then we can find things in the book of mormon and it clarifies the doctrine it's like two points on one line um if you have one point you can draw infinite number of lines through it but if you have a second point you can draw one line um even so we have a comment from one of our live listeners, Jenny, she said, I like the picture that goes with this scripture on my app, how the two different testimonies of Christ strengthen one another. It's perfect, right? Yeah. They they really do. And so that's that to me is one of my favorite. It was one of my favorite ones on my on my mission to really understand how the two went together. So do you have any last thoughts on them? Do I? Um, <laughs> I know you do, but <laughs> no, I, I think I think you really brought it together. You, you really, and especially with with Jenny's comment, um, the the whole reason that we have the Book of Mormon is not to take place or take the place of the Holy Bible. It's to work in in unison with what we already know to be true and what other prophets have said. Yeah. Um, and they do those things. They confound uh, false doctrine. They um, lay down the contentions. And that's really cool. We sometimes as members of the church, we're worried to bring up the Book of Mormon. I, I Maybe not all of you, but sometimes <laughs> I get a little bit worried that once I bring up the Book of Mormon, they're going to now just like they're going to misunderstand 
you know, they, they don't think I'm Christian. They don't mm-hmm. think, you know, all, all these things. And really, the Book of Mormon should actually be able to dispel that spirit of contention that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. H- how do you think we can do that better other than to bring the two together and show them that they work together, that the Book of Mormon teaches exactly what the Bible teaches and vice versa? It expounds upon a lot of things that we um, that are unclear in the Bible as well. It clarifies that missing doctrine that happened during the apostasy. And so that's why these, these were written. And so I think in order to understand that and teach that to others, it's very important that we gain a testimony of that first. Right. Yeah. So if you're listening and you don't necessarily have the strongest testimony or don't understand how they complement each other, maybe look for those things um, this week to see how they complement each other. Try to find something in the Bible that isn't that's there and that you can find in the Book of Mormon that clarifies it better or answers a question. And you'll find it. I promise. (laughs) So moving on into verse 13. So verse 13. um, And this is this is talking about um, Joseph Smith and the restoration. He says in that day when my work shall commence among all my people unto the restoring uh, unto the restoring the O house of Israel saith the Lord. And I just, I highlighted that and I just put the restoration, mm-hmm. you know, all these things will be restored. We got to learn all about that last week in general conference. Yeah. Um, in verse 14, um, this is Joseph of Egypt again saying, um, or talking more about this choice seer. Um, and he even mentions in verse 15 and his name shall mm-hmm. be called after me. And it shall be after the name of his father, which we know Joseph Smith is actually Joseph Smith Jr. Right. And so Joseph Smith Sr. was his father. And so, again, these things, they they interlock. They come together. They, yeah. The prophecies become fulfilled um, that we read here. I really want to jump to verse like 17 and 18 and 19. Can, All right. we, can we go there? Yeah, I think we can. I think we can go there. Okay. Um we, there's just, I hope that the spirit can really uh, help the words come out of my mouth correctly because I have so much excitement in these verses. Um, and let's clarify who's speaking right now. Um, in 17 and 18, it's the Lord speaking. And I want to go ahead and read, let's just read those two verses and then we'll talk about them. Can we do that? Yeah. Does that sound good. Okay. And the Lord has said, I will raise up a Moses and I will give power unto him in a rod and I will give judgment unto him in writing. Yet I will not lose his tongue that he shall speak much for I will not make him mighty in speaking, but I will write unto him my law by the finger of mine own hand. And I will make a spokesman for him. And the Lord said unto me, also, I will raise up unto the fruit of thy loins and I will make for him a spokesman. And I will and be and I behold, I will give unto him that he shall write the writings of the fruits of thy loins unto the fruit of thy loins, and the spokesmen of thy loins shall declare it. So it's a little bit repetitive. And so why don't we kind of walk through that a little bit? And I want to bring up the the whole reason that we actually learned a lot about these two verses is because we questioned why it was repetitive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. We, we know that the Book of Mormon is true. We know that it should be, as I said earlier, it should be simple. 
right? So why did the Lord repeat himself in these two verses? So at the end of verse 17, it says, and I will make a spokesman for him. And then it says it again. And then in 18, it says, I will raise up unto the fruit of thy loins, and I will make for him a spokesman. It's because these two verses are speaking about different people. Right. Um, so the spokesman in 17, and he says, I will raise up a Moses. Um, this is talking about um, the things that he'll do for Moses. In 18, it's talking about Joseph Smith and also a bunch of other people. So, for example, um, in 18, it says, and I behold, uh, I will give unto him, actually being Mormon, mm -hmm. the prophet historian who abridged the Book of Mormon, all these records, that he shall write the writings of the fruit of thy loins. And this is the Nephites mm -hmm. unto the fruit of thy loins, the Lamanites. And the spokesman of thy loins, Joseph Smith, shall declare it. So we have to remember that the fruit of thy loins, if this is the Lord speaking to Joseph of Egypt, whose descendant Lehi was, mm -hmm. both the Lamanites and the Nephites are both fruit of his loins. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. There's... um. Just to reiterate that, there's a quote. Um, I'm going to go to it really quick by Bruce R. McConkie. It does say exactly what I just said, though. So That's true. <laughs> Never mind. Kevin did it right. So <laughs> I just think that's an awesome – that's where we learned it from, is we referenced it from the Book of Mormon student manual. That's right. And it, it's a really great study tool. Um, anyway. So going on to 19. And again, it's important that we know who's who's being spoken of and who's speaking. This is still the Lord speaking. And the words which he, meaning Mormon, shall write, shall be the words which are expedient in my wisdom, should go forth unto the fruit of thy loins, meaning the Lamanites. And it shall be as if the fruit of thy loins, the Nephites, had cried unto them from the dust, for I know their faith. That's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Very powerful. Um, I want to, when I was a missionary, I was having a personal study one day and I went on this, like, uh, I would say like scripture hunt, I guess, to link um, specifically about the the words like crying from the dust and from the earth and coming up in these last days. And so I did this really long study <laughs> and I went from verse 19 and I then linked that to second Nephi 26, 16. And then from there, I kept linking these scriptures that went all the way through. I could reference them. I don't know. It would be the best way. We could even put that in the comments of this episode. Um, but I just want to give an example of one. So from here, I went from, I went from second Nephi three 19 to second Nephi 26, 16. So if you want to join in, go ahead and go to second Nephi 26, 16. And this verse says, for those who shall be destroyed shall speak unto them out of the ground and their speech shall be low out of the dust and their voice shall be as one that hath a familiar spirit. So that's just the first half of the verse. And then from there, 
I linked 2 Nephi 33:13, and it says, And now, my beloved brethren, all those who are of the house of Israel, and all ye ends of the earth, I speak unto you as a voice of one crying from the dust. Farewell until the great day, or farewell until that great day shall come. And it keeps going, and um, I can reference that, but it goes all the way to when Joseph Smith, it goes all the way to Joseph Smith history and links it to when Joseph finds them in the ground and brings them up from the dust and translates them. And that linked all the way back to Isaiah, which then linked back to Second Nephi where we are. And so I'll put that in the comments later and in the description of the episode if you guys want to do that study. Um, but it's so powerful because we see it everywhere. We see it talking that it's going to come from the ground. It's going to come from the dust and it's going to teach us. Um, and we're, that, we're those people <laughs> that they were testifying of yeah. that it would come to. So. I, I think it's just, it's really cool how sometimes it's not always, the, the scriptures aren't always heavy laden with symbolism. Sometimes exactly what it says is what's going to happen, <laughs> right? right? It doesn't always have to be like this, oh, I wonder what it's trying to say. And no, it's, it's saying that the words are going to come up out of the ground, meaning mm-hmm. there's going to be a tangible, literal record that comes out of the ground having been buried right. and that's going to be speaking. It's going to tell the world. It's going to whisper. It is. It's whispering. It also hisses. Right. That's interesting. And we talked about that one time at Institute. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember all of it. No, I just, I just we'll have to do more studies. We'll have to study more for that one, yeah. for that discussion. <laughs> um, so uh, this is actually these three verses uh, 18, 19, and 20 are really what got us super excited about this chapter. You know, uh, up until this point, there's a lot of, there's a lot of figuring out like who's speaking and who's, who's being spoken of when you get here and you can really pick it apart. It makes the previous verses much more clear. It also teaches us that the Lord when he makes a covenant with people, mm-hmm. when he makes a covenant with, with you or with your 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 fathers, um, he keeps those covenants. Mm-hmm. And however it has to happen, like however it has to work, it's going to work. Yeah, nothing can stop the work of the Lord. No. There's a beautiful verse in Hebrews, or not Hebrews, uh, Romans about that. Um, I can't remember where I linked it, but... It's in Romans I think, 8, I believe. Yeah, Romans 8. It was at the Where end, did, right here. Oh, no. It was all the way up here. I actually linked it to the whole chapter. Mm-hmm. So Romans 8, 37. Through 39. Through 39. And it talks about, I'll read it. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things, nor present, or things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Okay, so that um, verse really shows that what Kevin said, what the Lord covenants, he will fulfill his covenants and nothing will stop that. No one hollow hands shall stop the work. I love that. Um, I also, I know it's Easter Sunday. Um, And 
the restoration does tie really well into Easter. Um, our Savior, he was risen and he died for us and was risen so that ultimately, again, we could come back to him and have his gospel restored on the earth again to be able to come with him again. So his don't think that his resurrection and death doesn't play into this because it has a huge role in it. And if he didn't live again, how could he have appeared to Joseph Smith to restore and to bring up these plates? And so it does play into today. And it is it is a really great event that took place. Um, and there's so many. I just I just want everybody to know that it does play in and it does play a role this Easter Sunday. Well, yeah, it I mean, mm-hmm. our podcast is called Christ Centered Conversations. Right. Um, the Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is at the center of everything that we do and learn. And he's, he's what makes all in life possible. Right. Um, the, we talked about this last week on the last episode. Um, and we were talking about the plan of salvation. The, the plan of salvation is, and key to that plan is the atonement of Jesus Christ, right. which he completed by his death on the cross and right. then his subsequent resurrection. Um, it was, it met the ends of the law because all that we can do is not enough to, to cleanse us, to, to, uh, to answer for all that we've done wrong in the eyes of God. And Jesus, he just wants us to know that, Hey, I, I took all that you can't do. Mm -hmm. You just have to follow me. You have to, you have to do what you can. And that's just try. Mm -hmm. Right. And really, really change your life to, to come into alignment with what the Father asks us to do. Which these people that we're reading about in the Book of Mormon do. Yeah. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for their examples of faith. Well, yeah. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about Lehi and his family. They left their homes in Jerusalem because the, the Lord asked them to. Right. right? I mean, I say ask, he commanded, but <laughs> it it was it was still their choice. They could have stayed in their their land of inheritance or what they thought was their land of inheritance. Little did they know they had a whole nother land of inheritance waiting for them. Right. So what are we learning from all this? What are you learning from all this? (laughs) Um, From this chapter, although it's, it's one of those chapters that, when you read through the Book of Mormon, it's it is easy to just kind of blow through. Like you're like, okay, this is because you just you just ended chapter two, and there's all this doctrine, and you're like, wow, this is so crazy. Like I can't believe that uh, some people don't know about this. And then you get to chapter three, and I'm just speaking for myself, but I I include other people in it because I can't be the only one. I'm like, <laughs> okay, now it's just talking about. Um, Joseph Smith. All right, let's get through the. Okay, now chapter four. Awesome. Now we've got 
the, you know, Nephi puts his trust in the Lord forever. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on in chapter three that I have skipped so many times. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm really grateful for this podcast because we can take it super slow. We can take it really one verse at a time, sometimes half of verses or a line of the verse at a time. Very true. So something that I learned is that I would, I would used to read this chapter and be like, oh yeah, so Joseph Smith's going to restore the gospel. That's what I would take from it. But what I learned more recently now is exactly what Kevin was saying was I went back and I learned more about the Joseph of Egypt. He was talking about a little bit about Moses, a little bit about Joseph uh, being born in the wilderness, Lehi's son. And I learned more about each of them and how they played that line. Uh, there's a talk in the, the most recent conference that we had last week where that line was watched over until that very time that Joseph found those plates. And it's still being watched over. And that was just so powerful to me because it it was so important that it was that we understood that. And now I understand that a lot better than I did before. And so I've really gained a testimony of of his line and these prophecies being fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something I mentioned earlier about, you know, when the when the Lord makes a covenant with one person, it does affect all of their children and, and their posterity. In verse 22, we get back to, uh, I guess, present day in terms of this is Lehi again talking to his son, Joseph. Um, he says, wherefore, because of this covenant, referring to the covenant made with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, um, you are blessed. Uh, for thy seed shall not be destroyed, for they shall hearken unto the words of the book meaning the Book of Mormon, the record. Yeah. Um, I also want to think about how when Joseph Smith translated this this verse and this chapter, we hear about it. We can actually read about it in the Saints book, volume one. But very early on, Joseph Smith knew that it was important that they get the Book of Mormon to the Native Americans who's, who are among the descendants of the Lamanites and Nephites, mm-hmm. right? He, this is a, it's a fulfillment of prophecy that the, the people on this continent and, of course, all over the world shall hearken unto the words of the book. And so that's that kind of falls to us too. We've got <laughs> to tell people about the Book of Mormon. We have to get them to read it. We have to teach them about it. And um, we've talked so much today about how we can bring the Bible um, and the Book of Mormon together and teach true ironclad doctrine. Right. Clarify. Yeah. And really to strengthen our testimonies while doing that. Um, I know that what we talked about today is true. And I know that the Book of Mormon and the Bible support one another. And I also know that Joseph Smith was a prophet and that Joseph of Egypt saw our day and and Joseph, little Joseph, Lehi's Joseph, you know, learned all these great things about his name. And so it's just so important that that we understand the history because it can really help us relate to them and understand maybe 
um, what they might have been experiencing when they learned these things like we are today. And so I know that these things are true and it, and it really, the Book of Mormon does cry from the dust and it does whisper and hiss through all the nations. And so anyone who hasn't read it or hasn't read it in a while, I invite you to read it and to ponder it and to come to know the words and have them whispered to your heart. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to sometimes in our study of the Book of Mormon, we find out, find that if we don't follow through to the next chapter, if we just end at the last verse in the chapter and then we set it down and come back to it tomorrow, sometimes we miss a little bit of, of um, what's the word, uh, like overflow or uh, I'm not sure what the expression I'm looking for is, but we, we lose a little bit of something that is definitely connected with what we just read in chapter four. This is where we're going to end for, for today. Uh, verses one and two. Nephi goes ahead and says, you know, now I, Nephi, speak concerning the prophecies of which my father has spoken concerning Joseph, who was carried out of Egypt. He says, for behold, he truly prophesied concerning all his seed. Not just some of them, not the righteous, more righteous, not the ones that went to church, you know, <laughs> all of his seed. Yeah. And the prophecies which he wrote, there are not many greater. That really hit me. I was like, not many prophecies are greater than the ones that Joseph of Egypt made. Mm -hmm. And so get back into the Old Testament and learn about those early patriarchs. Mm -hmm. That's what I, that's an invitation I have to all of you listening and watching. <laughs> it's an invitation to me, a challenge to myself. I need to go back and learn about these incredible men. Um and their families and how just like little Joseph, <laughs> the covenants made to my fathers right. do affect me. Um, I love it. Yeah. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, y'all, um, we are going to go ahead and end. Um, we'll just do housekeeping items now for the future. Um our podcast, this is this is what we do every week. Um, you got to kind of see how we interact a little bit. Um, sorry, there's like a lot of things in front of us. So we may have been a, a tad distracted. There's a there's three <laughs> screens. There's a microphone. All these kind of things. Um, anyway, but next week we're going to have a guest, a virtual guest, um, not in our home because of COVID-19, but we're going to have them um, over the phone and, um, we're very excited and we'll be discussing, we'll continue where we left off today and move into chapter four. Um, and we're just so grateful for everyone who listened. I don't even know who watched, but thank you for watching. Um, Jenny, I loved your quote, um, that you brought up about the savior's atonement and resurrection. We didn't get to share it, but I love that. Um, and maybe next time we do this, we'll, we'll be a little bit more prepared and We'll, we'll be used to having three screens in front of us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And thank you for tuning into the podcast. Those who are listening um, after the fact, we appreciate it. And if there's anything we can do better, we're, we're here to hear it. So please let us know. Oh yeah. Don't hold back. Definitely. You know, in the, in the outro, it says to contact us through Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. And some of you even have our phone numbers, you know, give us a call, shoot us a text. Let us know what we can do to improve because, you know, um, I've mentioned that before. To, uh, Shelby definitely has testified of it. This is not just a, a fun thing to do on Sunday. It 
<laughs> it deepens our discipleship. Right. And, um, you know, I won't say that uh, this is some sort of uh, innate calling that we have, other than the fact that we're all called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we can do that in so many different ways. This is a, a way that is fun for us. It it increases our, like, it, it definitely strengthens our relationship, for right. sure. Um, so we love doing it. But we hope you'll have a great, we hope y'all had a great Easter. And continue, continue to have, to a, great have a great Easter. And have a great week. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll see y'all. Thanks, everyone. We hope you're enjoying the Christ-Centered Conversations podcast featuring the Book of Mormon. If you have any suggestions for the show, please message us on Facebook at Kevin or Shelby Stanfill. We also invite you to visit churchofjesuschrist.org for more information on the Book of Mormon and the restored gospel of Jesus Christ.